You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hello everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Today is the day for a final best of 2021 roundup that I took my time with. And because I listened to literally hundreds of new albums, probably thousands, if not tens of thousands of new songs and so many music videos from C-pop, C-rock, J-pop, and J-rock acts, it was just getting so massively challenging and overwhelming to try to rank and review just like a top 20. So what I decided to do instead was discuss the top 50 in no particular order, although I will keep tabs on the number in the countdown, but I wanted to talk about the 50 Japanese and Chinese artists who impressed me most throughout the year. So I'm looking at 2021 as a snapshot in time. Doesn't mean they're necessarily getting into that list easier because they released a higher quantity of music although it is inevitably a factor. So for example, my C-pop queen, Jolensai. She's not on this list. She released a couple songs this year, Stars Align with Rehab and the Equal in the Darkness collab with Max and Steve Aoki. The songs are okay. I don't have tons to say about them, and that was it for her this year. But again, she is my queen. So this list is not about my favorite artists, but just about who I've been the most excited by their releases the past year. Now, if Jolin truly just blew me away with those two singles, really just next-level standout stuff, frankly, then she might have made the list. But if it just, in the sea of thousands of new releases I checked out, it seems less stellar, it didn't make the cut. The point being that this list is not guaranteeing that if you had a quiet year, you're not on the list. If you had a few really great releases, you're on the list. Quality over quantity. But it inevitably gives you a higher chance of getting on this list if you did release more for me to review. Hopefully that makes sense about what this is. It's not a favorites list of all time. It's specifically looking at what each of these artists released just in the past year. And out of those releases, what I'm most impressed by. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's start with some girl groups who really caught my attention this year. Girls Squared. I just talked about one of their newer singles, 80s Lover, on the Best of December episode of the show. That song is definitely for fans of From Us 9 and a lot of other K-pop girl groups. It's very fun. As are their other singles, Enjoy, Good Days, Party Time, Start, all compiled onto their new album, We Are Girl Squared, which came out actually this January. So throughout the year, they kept my interest with single after single leading up to their big 2022 album release. So promo-wise, they get a thumbs up from me. Catchiness-wise, they get a thumbs up from me. The other points they get come from being one of those groups who I think just releases these wonderful pop songs. They're a very spunky girl group, very fashionable. Their music videos are a sight to see. And ultimately, I think they are another prime example of what I always talk about on the show, how certain groups I really think could have the global audience, the global fandom that K-pop girl groups get if only people knew about them. 
Their music isn't up for the same awards, getting the same praise, not because it's not eligible, but because people have never heard it. That's why I always do my part to try to really push for certain Japanese and Chinese artists whose work I really think is just so criminally underrated. Speaking of criminally underrated groups, Fakey really caught my eye and ear from day one. They started off the year with 99, which frankly I do think was their best. They saved the best for first. Why not? It's super sassy and flirty. It has very, just very fun sassy lyrics. The song's called 99 because it's all about being flirty towards a crush, saying you'll be the one to make it to 100. And it's got cool lines like, I'm not a psycho, just love Inception. And it's just the delivery is perfect. So much personality. Definitely for fans of Wiki Mickey's Picky Picky era. But they also impressed me this year because they really single after single after single. That showed off some versatility. Sayonara My Ex, that's a brutal video showing photos of their exes that they're saying goodbye to on a very public platform. It's a Small World, Take My Hand, and then The Ballad, Happy Ever After, although that has more of a fast-paced piano to keep things from getting too slow. And the video features each person in a different scene, so it keeps it visually and auditorily less boring that way. A less sassy, much more just charming group, Little Glee Monster. First of all, they had a big year with their Pentatonics collab. Pentatonics are an acapella group that are just incredible. Pair that with the harmonies of Little Glee Monster, and you get a guaranteed underrated classic. Like I said on the Best of December episode, Little Glee Monster is known for not just the gorgeous harmonies in pretty ballads, but they also have a lot of livelier music, lots of trumpets and live band-ready performances. There's one I Feel the Light with Earth, Wind, and Fire is still a favorite of mine. They always have unexpected collabs. That wasn't from this past year, but wanted to give it a shout out anyway. But their new stuff is that great mix of pop ballads and more celebratory party-ready tracks. Feel good music from just an uber-talented group. In this year, they released not just the December Transparent World album, but some compilations. Gradation is a giant 49-track compilation to really get to know the group's music. Then there was Reunion, some live albums. They have been busy. In the world of J-Rock, the girl group Bandmade continues to astound me. They started off the year with the Unseen World album, and the music videos that went with it really epitomized their appeal because they managed to go from one extreme end of the spectrum to another when it comes to girl group personas. So in their newer videos, well and always, they're wearing very frilly outfits, very cutesy youthful, stereotypical cutesy girl group outfits. Big hair bows or hair accessories of some kind always. Just looking super bubblegum. And then they play this intense angsty rock. The mixing of the band-made aesthetic with the rock aesthetic is really just such a cool thrill. The songs on Unseen World really do have really important messages about finding your inner light, becoming confident in yourself, and ultimately this group impresses me because this year more than ever they showed that you can have it both ways. You can look sweet and quote-unquote feminine, whatever that even means, and you can still be powerful and confident, bold, not mutually exclusive. Those demeanors of acting quote-unquote like a lady in having intense emotions, not mutually exclusive. They create a unique permission structure to be the boldest version of each facet of your identity at the same time. 
Bandmate also just dropped this acoustic cover of Catharsis. You've got to check that out. And later on in this year, the EP Sense came out, which is like the power and passion of Unseen World in miniature. A great follow-up. Number five, Passcode. They have some similarities to Bandmade in the sense that they look very youthful and sweet, and then they have this growling. They actually have more angst and guttural music than Bandmade does. They really lean into that metal-ish sound, rock sound, but it's also very EDM. The EDM rock blend they do best was on full display in the two new songs they released this year, Freely and Flavor of Blue. And this year, they released three live albums, live concert albums, that allow you to revisit and realize, wow, they're not kidding. They really do have those growls coming out of them that you would not expect. And trust me, it sounds more melodic than I'm making it out to be. Very fun electronic rock songs. I still think truly one of the best J-rock songs, and probably just Japanese songs ever, is Tonight. My other favorite of theirs, not from the past year also, but I believe it is on one of those compilations, Spark Ignition. Really just such a rush. Very busy, but trust me, it grows on you. Number six, Manacle. This is another J-Rock group. Full disclosure, I have an interview with them out now on my site, 17karatkpop.weebly.com. They really are so cool. They released an album this year called Liberation, which has this very haunted house vibe, very creepy and full of unexpected twists and turns, like you are going through a haunted house kind of. Very eerie, but in a fun, spooky way, not like a too scary, spooky way. Number seven, Magic Hour, M-A-G-I-C-O-U-R, all one word. They released a couple singles this year, and I think they have a lot of appeal, again, to fans of Firmus 9, other K-pop girl groups who are really thriving lately. Wanagana is definitely for fans of Lady by EXID and Uh-Oh by G-Idol. Then there's Getcha and Our Days, all super fun songs, with different personalities to them. They've tried on a lot of concepts already. Niju is a little similar, though the Japanese girl group from JYP Entertainment, actually. Their videos are very, very colorful. I'm talking itsy, dala dala era, level, colorful. But if you're into that sort of thing, they have it. A cuteness explosion, rainbows everywhere, the works. Cute, happy songs as well, like Take a Picture, Niju, Chopstick, Pop and Shaken. They had a lot of singles out this year. Most memorable is probably the Pop and Shaken era, because that concept is really just the biggest mood boost. It's got a lot of la-la-las, always fun to sing along to, and it has lyrics about popping the balloon that your sighs are in. Letting out your sighs, your stresses, like popping a balloon. It's actually great advice for a visualization practice, is just picture those thoughts leaving you, pop the balloons, let's go have a party now. Really just a feel-good group. Let's talk about some co-ed groups who really kept my attention all year. Awesome City Club. Yes, you'll notice, they were also on my Best of December list for Let Me Breathe. But they also had some other great singles come out this year, like You, Yuki Doki, then the full album, Grower. And this year really helped crystallize to me what unique musical lane they are in. It's this space that's all their own that can be best summarized by the following traits. Tons of funky synths, equal time to shine, so each member doesn't try to overpower the vocals or stage presence of the others. And a leisurely pace, in some ways. 
I think Let Me Breathe is the best example of that, where their songs just don't feel rushed, but they also don't feel like a slog. Just ready to just clap along to the speed of, sing along to the speed of, without being over or underwhelmed. Perfectly paced, synth-heavy bops. LOL is another co-ed J-pop group that really has my attention. At the end of the year, they released one last song, which was very sentimental and emotional. It made me worry, like, wait, is this, like, literally their last song? Or is that just the theme of the music? Really, fingers crossed, it doesn't mean that was the end. No comment was made to indicate that. And I really hope they're not done, because I think they've got something really special. Their standout song of the year was Blaze. The video was refreshing because it was just them. Just a great intro to who they are. Cool no-makeup-makeup looks, or barely their makeup looks. Nothing extravagant, just, hey, here's the song. Isn't it a bop? What more do you want? And the song structure is really cool, too. Rap verses, these really suspenseful pre-choruses, unexpected beat drops, really interesting structure to accommodate each member's role in the song. They're just super unique. Then there is the C-pop group Fur, F-I-R a co-ed C-Rock group. Their new album, Diamond Heart, was their main release of the year, but that's enough to get them on this list. Truly the epitome of quality over quantity of music releases to make an artist stand out in a year. This album is so good. It's so layered. It's got strings, piano, guitars, percussion, sound effects like ocean waves. It blends modern sounds with more traditional instruments. It's full of surprises, but it also flows really smoothly from song to song. An iconic rock group for a reason. Best song on there is Diamond Heart or The Vastness of a World or maybe Invincible or maybe Splendid Dream. A lot of good ones on there. Splendid Dream is great for daydreaming about being in an, a scene in an OST video or something. Very OST perfect. Another Chinese artist who blew me away this year gem but g dot e dot m she is such a surprisingly deep register that makes her songs really distinct the peerless king was her best song this year but superpower is also super fun her voice is just compelling enough on its own she could sing the phone book if she wants to but the instrumentals are also very layered and complement her voice well layered but not to the point where they're overstuffed and distracting from her really standout vocals and PSA, she recently dropped Double U, Double Y-O-U, her latest single, which you should go check out. Number 13, Zito. I know this came out years ago, but if you're a longtime listener, you know by now any chance I get to bring up The Road, one of my favorite albums of all time. I'm gonna bring it up. So here I am doing that. Speaking of Zitao, go check out The Road. It's a masterpiece. It really is. It's so rich and well-layered and a great mix of power ballads with more hip-hop stuff. Just so, so good. He continues to release music that will never top The Road to me, but is still pretty good. And he continued with that mix of more sentimental songs where he's singing more or kind of rap singing, talking, rapping. And then songs that are more about just rapping and saying I'm the boss, like China CEO. Then there was WTF, Way Too Fast. But then there's more sentimental stuff, Always Be With You. His sentimental songs really have some very poetic lyrics. And my favorite has got to be Dawn Breaks. With lyrics like, quote, Through the clouds and into the sea for a moment, I realize that the world has no end. Reached out to meet the sky close at hand, I can hear you how far you stand. 
the noises in my ears, the years of the brave, it solidified into an eternal vow. Cut the thorns and cover the sun and moon fearlessly through the night, riding the wind until dawn. This year I will write the story, the statue of the golden goddess forward, adventurous to destiny. My eyes have seen every time, space, and time change. I am the world, best prosperous testimony. How many years did you fall asleep watching the story? Sunlight passing through the sea level. Wake up the world for a moment. I realized that my dream had no boundaries. Reach out to meet the sky close at hand. I can hear you, how far you stand. And it goes on and on. Doesn't that just read like a poem? Really beautiful. In a peak example of how he blends these electronically, artfully electronified vocals with real instruments, quote unquote real, but you know how I am about really giving respect honestly to the use of some autotune. Electronifying your voices or the sound of an instrument can be really artistic and pleasing to the ear more than people realize. It is an art form in some ways, in some artistic uses of it, and he nails that every time. Speaking of people who nail it every time, that mix of artful autotune and other sounds, Unknown Kuhn, I talked about him on my Best of December episode for Marry Me, which is so feel-good and cute, but he released a bunch of singles this year. H and S and T is quite the unique song, as is its acoustic treatment, but my favorite of his has got to be Bubblegum, which sounds like a bubblegum pop song on the surface. But you have to unwrap this gem, if you will, take in the lyrics, and realize beneath the cute packaging, there's deeper stories happening. This song tells the story kind of of someone trying to make sense in the perspective of a kid of why an adult is viewed as having more value with their input. With lyrics like, your dollar bill is more valuable than mine, well, you still got the things I've already lost. Basically saying, somehow we both have a dollar, but if an adult does, it's viewed as a more worthy investment than the kid who has a dollar. But you're buying the stuff I already lost. So the adult's buying something superficial, whereas the kid maybe, you never know, maybe is spending it on something that will pay dividends, metaphorically, probably, but like a memory or something less tangible, more meaningful in the short term. Just all to say, the song is kind of a dialogue between a child and an adult trying to make sense of how the world distinguishes between the two and how sometimes that judgment is not cast as it should. More artful uses of auto-tune I want to run through real quick now. Teru, T-E-R-U, released two big projects this past year. Definitely the better one is Slash. Now I gotta give a shout out to frequent collaborators, Otora and Meishima Soshi. Full disclosure, talk to Meishima Soshi for an article on the site now, but I really am a fan and impressed with their work. They're from the same company, they collab a lot. These, once again, artfully, autotune projects that feel very improvish. Like if you just gave someone a computer, some music software, and said go nuts, gave them five minutes and saw what they came up with, that's kind of what their music is. And they just have that knack for it, for turning those types of things into treasure, into wonderful songs, into catchy, surprising, thrown together mixtures of sound effects and instrumentals. So many singles came out from them this year. Definitely the best is Stargazer, but also Otora released his own album, Empty Land, that is worth checking out. Yaffle also really uses autotune well. 
and a bunch of different elements that make his songs stand out. He released a series of singles, Reconnect and Grown, back-to-back as part of the same Pokemon anniversary package, and that's the epitome of don't judge a book by its cover, don't judge a song by its soundtrack. Really surprised at how much those songs are really, frankly, just really high quality. Character is probably his best of the year, though. He knows how to take several collaborators on the same song, and he knows where their lines fit best in the big picture. He knows how to combine a bunch of little sonic details and then stretch artists' voices around them in the best ways. Just an ear for what's catchy. Oh, and he also released, towards the end of the year, Magic Touch, a single with Lost Boy that you've got to hear. Another person who has just a knack for picking up on the right instincts to make good DJ-ready music, Vicky Blanca. He released some singles and remixes, as well as three big projects this year, Fate, Hey, and Bye. Then there is a group who takes the artful autotune I've been talking about to kind of an LMFAO slash Far East movement party-ready direction with seven billion dots for Mazika Party, and there's also Mazika Rock. I like the party version more. Both are great. Mazika Party sounds like it's from the 2000s or 2010s. And of course, I'm a little bit just biased in favor of the full album they released this year because it's called Hope. Speaking of albums called Hope, Shota Shimizu released an album this year called Hope. He didn't make the cut on my list, but he does have a single on there that kind of did. The single off that album, Curtain Call, features Taka from 1OK Rock. And so now let's talk about them, in addition to Curtain Call, which is really a feel-good song. Perfect to sway to, to get nostalgic while listening to, and if you watch the music video, you'll see why. First, 1OK Rock released Renegades, an Ed Sheeran-penned song that paired with 1OK Rock's passionate, angst-ridden fighting spirit was bound to be a winner. And then Broken Heart of Gold, which I named officially as the best song of 2021 period. So, so, so good. 1OK Rock just did a great job with these songs, doing what they do, conveying messages of the youth, being an outlet for the youth in the youth struggles, presenting those struggles on screen, inviting fans to do the same with fan entries for music video versions. Their music is their way of saying, we hear you. And not just we hear you, but we are going to find a way to articulate the frustration and fear and nerves you are trying to articulate. We will provide that outlet. We will find a way to visually represent those struggles in our music videos and do so on paper in our lyrics. That's why their music is frankly very therapeutic for me and so many others. They really powerfully encapsulate how multidimensional different emotions can feel. I mean, the whole song Broken Heart of Gold mixes two metaphors in one, just in the title. With lyrics like, I love myself, but not today really just emulate this feeling of being down but not out. Not totally at a loss, but feeling like it, but knowing it's temporary. So they show that you can balance hope with despair. Emotions like that can coexist. They find really interesting metaphors to articulate emotions that interplay in interesting ways, in hard-to-explain ways. They simplify it. And super powerful visuals come from the video for Renegades. Not to give too much away, but it's quite a dystopian, but also very timely display of resistance. 
it carries out the message of the lyrics quite accurately about losing faith in broken systems, trying to withstand criticism, the attitude of you're just a kid, you don't know better, etc. One more fun fact before I move on. Alongside Ed Sheeran, one of the Renegades' co-writers is Masato Hayakawa from Cold Rain. Cold Rain is another group, not on this list, but I'm just saying, really underrated. On a lighter note, Men with a Mission continue to intrigue with the wolf heads they wear. They're like Marshmallow, the performer, but wolves. Never take them off. And here's actually the backstory. I want to read the official backstory to you because this group is just wild. Wolf pun only half intended. Quote, in the year 19xx, the Earth was engulfed in war. There lived a genius biologist named Dr. Jimmy, hobby, guitar, who was about to conclude a mad science experiment for a pack of superior creatures that will be called Man with a Mission. Their looks may be deceiving and even comical at first glance, but they have incredible brain power and a superhuman physique. The Principality of Xeon had them work in the dark shadows of history in various locations around the world. Dr. Jimmy was plagued by guilt that his creations had contributed to some of the most evil deeds in history and decided to put an end to it. He wanted to ensure that they wouldn't fall under the spell of evil again, and so he froze them into eternal sleep. Time passed, and in 2010, the warming and deterioration of the planet melted the icy caskets, and man with a mission awakened from eternal sleep. Are they working for justice for this world? or nothing but evil, unquote. So their whole thing is basically a cinematic origin story about a science experiment gone horribly awry, mixed with kind of climate change-related social commentary, mixed with a mystery story. Their story and their music videos are just one of a kind. Definitely curious where their story goes from here. And definitely think the most bonkers, weird at first, but the more you think about it, it makes sense, collab would be if Grimes did something with them. Let's do a misanthropocene meets Man with a Mission origin story intersection. Speaking of artists wearing weird headgear, let's talk about King New, GNU. He released a couple of very memorable songs this year. Boy, Ichizu, Sakayume. My personal favorite is probably Ichizu, but Boy is the most conversation-starting. It has this music video where, not to give too much away, but long story short, a little boy finds someone in this big mascot head of sorts. Like some sort of alien, like someone from Yo Gabba Gabba or a similar kids TV show. So this little baby he finds on the street and takes care of, it's like if E.T. went really off the rails. He really tries to basically raise this alien. The alien grows up and becomes his playmate. It's super cute, cinematic, oddly touching at points. And that's all I'll say, but it's really, really unexpected, and I've been thinking about it ever since. Speaking of artists whose music videos have never left my brain since watching them, Nissy released three singles and corresponding videos this year that keep adding chapters to the same story in the same supernatural, spooky, cinematic world. First came Get You Back where he seems kind of possessed by evil spirits, is approaching this alternate reality, whether he wants to or not. Not like a paradise, but the opposite, a bad alternate reality, which is a nice flipping of the script from the usual, which is when a character seeks the utopia. Starts with him falling out of the sky after a lightning strike. 
he lands in the forest and then a bunch of symbolism happens that is notable because it's kind of an easter egg for later. Whenever he's in this tub, it's either because post-lightning strike, he ended up there, like it's his time machine or whatever, his transportation from one place to the next, or because that's where his memories get triggered. Like it's a pensieve or something, where he starts having a montage play in his head that's supposed to provide some sort of comfort, some eureka moment, some key clues. Then came the extensive mini-movie of a video for Do Do, the catchiest song of the year from him. Symbols recur, the bathtub and lightning strikes, but this time, instead of having montages of presumably the past, Nissi has daydreams of his future as a superstar. But then he realizes he had literal dreams too, so it's dreams within dreams, who knows if he ever really woke up. So the story is very to be continued, keep your eyes on Nissi. Another artist to keep on your radar? Daichi Mura, a C-pop star. He released an EP backwards that really has stuck with me. He knows how to spread out tracks on an album so the first and last impressions are the strongest. His strongest ones tend to be at the top and the bottom. And he also manages to take concepts and pull you into them. Like with Blizzard, not from this album but still, just wanted to shout it out as one of his best songs ever. It has the feel like you're getting stuck and have to break through the ice. It just adds audio to a feeling perfectly. And he managed to do that again with the new single Backwards because it sounds like it's going backwards. Like this is the instrumental that's supposed to play when a character in a movie is going back in time. Another male artist who brings a concept to life really well, Luz, L-U-Z. This J-Rock star who released one of the best albums of the year, Faith. It's a cool concept album, very cohesive, very gothic theater performance style. It's theatrical, it's creepy haunted house-ish, like a musical you were forced to put on in a haunted house. Very weird, lots of unpredictable things behind doors, metaphorically I guess, but it feels like he literally took you to church. Choirs perform amid smashing guitars, sounds of breaking glass and other sound effects. You are very much kept on your toes the whole time. I believe at first I said Faith was probably the best song on there, or Spider. I've since decided it's actually Fanatic. The growling in it, the guitars in it, wonderful stuff. But Dolore continues to be the one to check out if you're, you just want something super different. It is like three speeds in one, very unpredictable. Also his black lipstick and eye makeup look, top tier if you need some gothic makeup inspo. You have to watch the video for Faith. Or just look at the cover art, I guess. Speaking of style icons, Lisa was very busy this year. This J-pop slash J-rock star is celebrating her 10-year career anniversary, and she proved why she's deserved that longevity. She kept being super light and fun, more electronic than expected on Ladybug. She kept things more dramatic and rock-leaning in Dawn, which is probably my personal favorite from this year. And then she released the extra dramatic musical, like a live musical feel of Akiboshi and Shirogane. She's able to bring a story to life with just her voice and her fierce outfits. It's enough to hold your attention. All the while changing up her musical style while just continuing this incredible fashion streak. For another great day, she wore this white dual-length maxi dress with combat boots. In Dawn, she wears this black dress with dark lipstick and rocks purple hair. She's just, in the fashion sense, the ultimate rock star. Another cute and stylish entertainer, 
P-A-L-E-I-L-L. She's actually gearing up PSA to release a new album, Palette, next month, so stay tuned. And you get a taste of the vibe that's become her signature one from her singles this year. Hickory, 23, Plastic Love, Hana no Yuni, Koko de Ikiwoshitai. She continues these same aesthetics, kind of. More mature, actually, in her new single, but for 2021, lots of sparkles, lots of 50s doo-wop inspo, lots of just very personalized wardrobe choices, lots of red lipstick. She has a very key set of staples she wears, and she rocks them. Also got just a super unique voice, just very stylish, musically and fashion-wise, love her style. Speaking of style icons, Real, one of my J-pop queens, is back with a new electro-pop album I just went on about on the Busta December episode, but she really did gear up for the Sixth Sense album release all year really well. With the single Boy, and actually in 2020, she dropped the Sixth Sense and Q, two of the other singles, on this new album. So it's been a very long time coming, but proved to have been worth the wait. Such an electropop thrill ride of an album, with hits old and new. And her hair, her outfits, her manicures, all just so enviable. Speaking of the ultimate cool girls, Chimina really slayed last year. Her new album shows her chameleonic persona as a musician. She really just transitions from the pitch she uses, the tone she uses, the vocal delivery keeps changing to fit the mood of each song. So each song is like its own little chapter in a big, exciting, sassy story. Best song on there is a B-side, the one that's just called Smiley Face, with like the two arrow keys and the underscore, because that song is the epitome of what her whole cool vibe comes from. The sense of detachment, I don't care attitude, with I care very much lyrics. Like she sings very cavalierly, la la la, I'm so happy. And then in the music videos you can see for yourself when she's ticked off, when she's sad, etc. When she's feeling more melancholy than she lets on, and so forth. She also has music videos as a key part of her appeal. That's a big difference, I think, with J-pop and K-pop. With K-pop, the promo comes from the buzz about the music video. There are some, but way more often than not, it's not typical to release a song as a single and not promote it with a big music video, with promo pics and everything, make it an event. With J-pop, that's less of a hyped-up part of it. And with Chanmina, I think she has that appeal because her music videos are a big part of her story. And each one is like her pulling off a different comeback concept, but all in one big comeback album. She has this Alice in Wonderland-esque funhouse-style video for Picky. She attends a clown therapy session in voice memo number five. The video for Angel shows this mature, intimate relationship. She just really runs the gamut in those videos. There are a couple more electro-pop rock releases from certain artists that I have to give a shout-out now. There's Dust Cell with the new album Confession. A super fast-paced joy with instrumentals and voices that kind of bounce off of each other, give each other space, rather than staying on top of each other the whole time. Like they're taking their turn in the spotlight. Then there's Egoist, who released Bang, an EP named after the single that came off of the album first. Perfect EDM rock mix. Just so perfectly done. So fast and fun. The rock group Back On released two big projects this year, Flip Sound and Still B.O. Yeah, we're not going to dwell on that title. 
The album is really kind of improv-seeming, very feels like on the spot, throwing sounds together to see what sticks, and a lot does. It's very high speed, and if it's not for you, don't write off Bring the Noise. That song really has an R&B feel, relatively, and to me brought to mind first-gen SM Entertainment artists. Something to think about. Beck Ahn also did a great job picking which songs off of Still Bio to make pre-release singles to get people hyped. Beyond Sadness, so good. Skywalker, fantastic. I've talked a lot about instrumentals that have excited me the past year. Now let's pivot to talking about some super powerful vocalists. First of all, gotta shout out the boy group Soli Demo. They released two singles this year, Wing Fragment and Precious One, and then the album Eight Infinity. They are the shiny of J-pop. Their voices together, really something else. Then there's Rei Yasuda, who released Not The End and It's You, two different short projects this year. Her voice is so raw, so gripping, so compelling. Her stories in the songs are so universally relatable, and they just keep the focus on her voice because the instrumentals aren't too busy, and the videos that correspond with them are cute, animated, very simple. The beauty is in the simplicity in her messages and work. Just an irreplaceable voice, so compelling. Also a super compelling voice, Millet, with her discography the past year. Side note, her new album, full-length album, Visions, comes out soon. Get ready for that. Two singles last year, Fly High, which is off of Visions, and Checkmate. Checkmate I put on my list of best songs of the year because it really is just timeless in my book. One of her best songs to date. She looks fierce in the video, she commands attention on this life-size chess set, wins chess games, and just looks like such a boss in her blazer and crop top look with the electric blue, streaks in her hair, she's just so cool. She opts for a nice no-makeup-makeup look and simpler outfit for the Fly High video, keeping the focus on her voice. And then there was Ordinary Days, which has so much in just like four songs. Like Castle starts out really somber, like a ballad, but then she kind of giggles and then the tone switches up and the second half of the song is much livelier. Then she has this contradiction with Hit the Lights because it feels very pained, an aching question, but it ends kind of ironically in a way that ties it full circle with the start of the album. And of course, in general, even the cover art has these layers to it because she's in a cage made of flowers. A cage, which is naturally symbol of being trapped, and flowers, symbol of peace, love, maybe freedom, a free spirit. She plays with dichotomies in really interesting ways. Multidimensional work. Ms. Uja had a prolific year, including the album Present and her new single Who Are You I talked about on the last Best Of episode. She has a really cool voice, and it sounds really cool with backup singers and strings, piano, whatever it is that's accompanying her voice. Works really well with it. Her stuff always has the feel of, this would sound dope live. Switching gears, I have to shout out OWV again. I've talked about them again and again all year because they released Roar, Chaser, the album, the EP Ready, Set, Go, and I continue to reiterate they're the perfect group to give a try if you're new to J-pop and really like K-pop groups. Because they take on the formula in some ways of K-pop songs, some of the similar symbolism, the mansion setting, the eye-catching outfits, taking turns rapping, but it's also their very own unique way of executing that formula. Another super irreplaceable group, Overworld. 
the rock group who just released the album 30 I talked about last time, and some singles before that, like Avalanche, that show and kind of summarize what they're all about. Their sound is growly, rock, full of personality, very memorable. And then they have songs that are more just synth-focused, electronic, less rock-leaning. So their discography has some song in it for every preference. Another rock group I want to shout out, Hello Sleepwalkers. They just released Muyu no Heitori. Lies is the best song on there, but they're all really fun, hyperspeed, interesting with how they play with sounds. Like I said before, Lies is a great song to listen to when you have headphones on because you hear the male voice in one ear and the female voice in the other. Makes you feel like a fly on the wall during their dialogue. Really unique delivery. Then there's Jabba de Football Club. They released a self-titled album in the album A this year. Both super fun and cohesive, just flows once on to the next really fast, over in the blink of an eye. Just very fun to listen to, very electronic heavy, very, just very quirky and hard to describe. I Don't Like Mondays released a stellar new album this year, Black Humor, which runs the gamut. It has some slower songs like Gift, some more retro songs like Plastic City and Moon Knight, some jazzier stuff angry stuff, but the angst for I Don't Like Mondays is always hidden beneath a melancholy exterior. Like, there's one song, and it sounds really melancholy, but its chorus is full of F-bombs that they just say very passively. Whenever you feel like they're getting dull or repetitive, they'll wake you up with lyrics like that. J-Rock icon Miyavi came back this year with the album Imaginary and very sci-fi-ish, robot-themed music video for the single off of it, New Gravity. And I'm gonna keep reminding people, get excited because I don't know when, I don't know what's taking so long. I hope it wasn't just shelved forever, but there's a music video made out there somewhere for Kane Daniel and Miyavi's collab, Hush Hush. We need the Hush Hush video. Where is it? The album, that's a bright spot, is their collab but also the Smells Like Teen Spirit cover blew me away. Love it so much. The whole album is really well done. I named Living in Fire one of the best songs of the year. He has an incomparable command of the guitar. Plus, we got the bonus of him on an OST for Arcane. Another soloist who impressed me this year, Sky High. To the first, I also named one of the best songs of the year, and it's got a cool video. There are glow-in-the-dark kind of scenes, this Technicolor forest, He's got this dressed-up look, sitting under a chandelier. Then you have him smearing paint all over the place on the single's cover art. He's finding color and adding his own. Ignoring indicators of wealth to make his own wealth in the form of art and expression. He's going for a couple of vibes at once, but all at the end of the day reinforce the song's message about a fresh start that you're trying for, not as easy as it looks. Got a lot of messes and a lot of places to clean up. He also released a classic Sky High song, Panic, with Novel Core. That sounds very, very quirky and spooky. And then the compilation of sorts and the other horror movie ready, Simplify Your Life. Kaze Fuji. He released some great stuff this year, too. A couple of singles. Kirari is the catchiest. He actually, PSA, just dropped some remixes for that one. But he just has a very interesting spirit. Very happy-go-lucky and bouncy songs, but also some grungier stuff. He's one to watch, I think. We have to talk about the mega boy group Exile. I hesitate to use this comparison because, you know, not really comparable here. 
but structure-wise the group is, Exile is like the NCT of J-pop. So many subunits, so many members, all releasing just so much music every year. This year was no exception. J Soul Brothers released JSB in Black, Ian Kick and Slide this year, both kind of Super Junior-ish, Pentagon-ish. The subunit Fantastics released a self-titled project this year, and Fantastic Voyage, and Stop for Nothing. The Rampage this year released Reboot, Living in the Dream, The Sun Stampede. That one is so weird, in the best way. They're banging on pots and pans, there's the sound of water drips, synth riffs in there, rapping, singing, a smorgasbord of sounds in there. And, kind of like how NCT released Universe, the group-wide project, Exile all came together for Phoenix and Best Brothers this year. The song Red Phoenix is really anthemic, by the way. The last few I will go through pretty quickly. Katun, K-A-T hyphen T-U-N. They just released two songs this year, but are so good. And honestly, at first they seem forgettable. But after a while, I realized they're actually really impressive. A perfect fusion of so much. Electronic music, rock, rap, R&B-esque, kind of a little bit. Pop, dance music. I mean, it is so much packed in there. Just really well done production on the two songs released this year, Euphoria and We Just Go Hard. One and Only is a boy group who kept my interest this year. They released three big singles, each with a different vibe. We Just Don't Care is kind of self-explanatory in its vibe. Loca is much livelier, naturally. And it was given an interesting remix. And then Video Chat, very TXT, cat and dog vibes, very cutesy. Sayaka Yamamoto had a bunch of remixes and a couple songs out this year. Her standout being Don't Hold Me Back. Truly one of the best J-pop songs of the year. She used to be in an idol group, but she really shines on her own. If she were still in an idol group, you could see her being any of the roles. Main dancer, main rapper, main singer, mastering all of it. The percussion is very anthemic. Her voice matches the crescendo of the instruments really well. It has a perfect rising action and falling action. Very well produced and very well structured. And just very catchy. I saved one of the best for last. My 50th recommendation for you today... Garnedelia. One of my all-time favorites, and actually one of the groups that got me pulled into the world of J-pop in the first place, made me a mega fan. They are so cool. They're a co-ed duo, and Toku's usually on piano, but he really gets to shine actually in the new song Stella Cage. He usually takes a backseat though, and Maria is the main vocalist. They both shone in their own right this year, Toku actually released this solo project, Bouquet, full of everything from ballads to anime rock to dance-ready songs. And then there is Garni Delia. They released the joint album, Duality Code, which does have duality. It does have so much variety. EDM, mid-tempo stuff, high-tempo stuff, even a Christmas song. The best song on this album I used to say was Live On or My Code, even a Christmas song. Best, I used to say, was Live On or My Code, but after time to sit with the album, I think the most well-done, objectively, is the song Melt Caramel. This year they really showed why they stand out, why they are so unique, how they blend stuff together, and how they each shine on their own.
And so then when Duality Code came out, Toku had already released Bouquet. So then to see them together really just helped heighten the appeal and make people think, wow, if I thought there was star power with one of them, surprise, now here's both of them. Maria on her own was shining this year too. They're just both superstars and they come together to make for super superstars. There's so many more releases I could rant about today, including a bunch of releases in Japanese and Chinese from K-pop stars, but I think I'll save those for a different episode. But feel free, I'll put up a comment feature on the Spotify version of this episode. Tell me what your favorite Japanese or Chinese release from a K-pop star was last year. And maybe I'll include your answer in the next episode about it, or DM me on socials about your answer, however you want to do it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the work of these artists and many more. Subscribe to my newsletter. I'll put out a playlist link to this stuff. Thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you all again super soon with my Best of January 2022 list. Bye, everyone.